Serious about online trading? Secure your funds, keep your merchandise safe, and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust. Finally, if you're a domain name investor, don't you have unique legal needs that require domain name technical know-how and industry experience? That's why you need Stephen Lieberman of Greenberg and Lieberman or Jason Schaefer of Esquire.com. Go search for Jason Schaefer or Stephen Lieberman on Domain Sherpa, watch their interviews, and you can see for yourself that they can clearly explain issues, can help you with buy-sell agreements, deal with website content issues and UDRP actions, and even help you write your website terms and conditions. Stephen Lieberman and Jason Schaefer are the lawyers to call for internet legal issues. See for yourself at Esquire.com or APlegal.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Tess Diaz, and I'm the executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, the website where you can learn how to become a successful domain name investor or entrepreneur directly from the experts. This is the Domain Sherpa show called Profitable Flips. In this series, I invite domain name investors to share all the details of how they bought low and sold high, and in doing so, reveal some of the mystery around domain name investing. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Chris Reams. Welcome, Chris. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tess. Hey, thanks for coming on today, Chris. So you're really new to the domain industry, um, right? How long have you been investing? That's right. Uh, I've been investing in domain names for about two months now. Yep. Okay, that's pretty amazing that we've already got you up here on Profitable Flips. It means you've had some success. But your background startled me. Um, t- tell me a little bit about what you've been doing the last 17 years. I've been making t-shirts. I've been slinging ink and slinging t-shirts, uh, coming up with designs and printing them and selling them uh, retail through my website, uh, you know, Skip and Whistle. Um, and uh, yeah, so I have my master's degree in uh, mental health counseling. And uh, but I've been doing T-shirts for about 17 years now. Yeah. Really interesting. You know, Chris, those two things, a master's in mental health counseling and T-shirts sound like they have absolutely nothing to do with domain investing and would give you, you know, forgive me for saying they sound like they wouldn't give you any skills that would be useful skills for domain investing. And yet um, in talking with you, it sounds like just the opposite. Um, tell me more about, you know, you're not just printing t-shirts, coming up with cool ideas and printing t-shirts, although you are, um, but tell me more about your background, your beginnings in, in um, antique picking and t-shirts and what they have in common and how they make money. All right, so um, <clears throat> when I was in college, I started, you know, I was, I was hustling, trying to make money any way I could. Um, so uh, I'd find things that were cheaper that I could sell for a profit. It didn't matter what they were, whether they were antique flashlights or whatnot. I mean, I worked at Barnes & Noble for a while, and I would get the employee discount at 25% and then sell them on eBay for full price. And, you know, that's how I started uh, I started with that. And then um, I, I stumbled upon eBay and uh, started going to, uh, like, flea markets and antique stores, picking uh, – you know, old flashlights or antique photographs, um, things like that, buying them for cheap. Around what year was that? How old was eBay? 
eBay was probably only, well, uh, PayPal, I was on eBay about a year before PayPal uh, was invented. So, uh, so yeah, I don't even know how long. That was probably almost 20 years ago, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I was in the beginning. So you're a broke college kid hustling to make some money, just just putting it like a Band-Aid until you get out of college and go into your profession. And then what happened? Yeah, well, I started making so much money, uh, you know, picking different things, whether it was antiques uh, or vintage T-shirts. I'd go to Goodwill and I'd start finding T-shirts, you know, like old vintage Harley Davidson T-shirts or Western Pearl Snap uh button-up shirts, buying them for, you know, $2 and sell them on eBay for, well, $100, $50, whatever. Really? Yeah. Like, a, you know, an old Harley Davidson t-shirt from the 70s or 80s, uh, back when, you know, there's a lot of uh, manufacturing in America. The t-shirts were really soft and they're they really cool and threadbare by now because they got so much sun and wear on a motorcycle. You buy them for $2 at Goodwill or a garage sale and you can sell them for 200 bucks to, um, you know, any, anybody who's got uh, fashionable, you know, tastes like, I mean, if somebody's willing to pay $300 for a pair of jeans, they're going to, they're fine pair wearing a, uh, you know, $200 vintage Charlie t-shirt. So yeah. All of a sudden that sounds like a real skill that can be applied to domains. Um, do you, do you have any examples in the office, uh, something to show us an old vintage something and, uh, yeah. You know, see, uh, check this out. <clears throat> so, so here you go. This is the uh, <laughs> this is the coolest vintage sweater in the world. Uh, hand made, hand knitted uh, to creep out your friends, but uh, it's like from the 1970s. Uh, you know, but you know, there's a tag. I mean, it's probably backwards in the video, but you know, um, it's probably made in 19 mid seventies, early eighties. And, uh, it's worth, you know, it's worth over a thousand bucks. Easy. Over a thousand dollars for that. Oh, clown. Yeah. yeah. I think I paid uh, $500 for it. Really? Uh, and you're hanging on to it cause nobody's bought it. Oh uh, yeah. It's a, it's our mascot. I just, I have it, uh, you know, normally tacked to my wall in my office. So really? we're in the Christmas sweater business. So it's uh, it's good inspiration. So Keeps from me happy. t-shirts you've expanded, Christmas sweaters. What else? Yeah. So, well, so yeah, uh, let's, it's, uh, I've got a lot of interest, the Renaissance man, I guess. So let's, let's look at it like, uh, the riches are in the niches, regardless of what you're doing. Uh, so, you know, whether it's antique picking or you're in the clothing business. So, so for t-shirts, if somebody's got an interest in a particular idea, like say motorcycles or they're vegetarian or something like that, well, if there's a hobby, if somebody's got that hobby or somebody's got that that interest, you can print it on a t-shirt and you can sell it to them. It's uh, it's cool that way, and uh, yeah, it's and, and it kind of falls in line with uh, domain investing. It, it you know. really does because certainly in my experience, we see so many people who have a background maybe in uh, in the medical field or in real estate or in um, you know so many different areas and then they apply that knowledge either to invest or as end users that they're trying to do something in a particular niche so so you're right yeah interesting yeah yeah it's uh 
you know, and you don't have to be uh, an expert in that particular field. You just have to think about it. If it put yourself in a position of if you were in that field, would you know? Would you pay? Well, you know, would you pay for it? Uh, what would you pay for it? And is, does it have value? Could you trade it for a service? Worst case scenario. So you bought a domain for a thousand bucks, and maybe you could you didn't get any uh, takers when you went out doing outbound marketing or something. Um, you wouldn't get. Make sure you wouldn't get stuck with it. Uh, you could just trade it for a service, like I don't know, massage, some kind of massage name or something like that. Um, Have you yeah. ever done that with your T-shirts or your other investments? Traded for a service? I've traded. Uh, yeah, I've traded. You know, vintage T-shirts, uh, things like that. So, like, if somebody wanted one of our new shirts and they had some vintage T-shirts, and I would take that and trade, and then flip it down the road. But um, I haven't done it with domain names because. Um, I mean, I've got 520 domain names that I've accumulated in the last several months, um, but uh, I only sold them. Uh, okay. You know. Let's let's. Uh, I want to hear a little bit more about the T-shirts before we jump into the domain specifics, because really, this is the background skill set. And what I think is valuable for our Sherpa network is each person in the Sherpa network has a background and skill set of their own. But sometimes right. it can be a challenge to see how to apply that to being successful with domain names. So you were telling me earlier, sometimes you would even fly to England um, and t tell me about that. And, and all these trips were paid for and the profits you made from what you purchased over there. I'm just blown away. Yeah, I think it's very connected. Um, and uh, yeah, domain names, they're an item that... They are an item that can be bought and resold, uh, and, and and I think it's got so much in common with antiques. So back in college, um, before I had a family, I mean, I would travel uh, back and forth to, to uh, London and France to go to um, uh, antique photograph uh, conventions. So like I would go and I'd buy daguerreotypes or tintypes or um, you know antique postcards and things like that. What's and, a daguerreotype? <laughs> I could show you one, uh, but uh, a daguerreotype is the very first photograph that was invented back in the uh, mid 1800s. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's on a you know it's captured on a silver plate, and um, there was only one. So uh, yeah, so I could show you one, but um, sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off. Um, so how did you? You're in college, flying to London and France. Right. Um, how did you hear about this or know know about this, okay. and what made you willing to take the risk? Okay, well, yeah. So, um, so I, I was buying antique photographs locally, and I'd sell them on eBay. I'd buy them for a dollar, two dollars, and I'd sell them on eBay for fifty or a hundred dollars or something like that. You know, bought a lot of photographs of old Civil War soldiers and things, you know, for cheap, and then I'd flip them. And uh, but then I realized that, um, well. If you go to Europe, things are really, really old, and there's so many old things that people don't really appreciate them like they do around here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'd go to England. I found out about some uh, photo conventions and how it's a big deal out there with uh, Sotheby's auctions and things like that. And so I would go to um, go to some flea markets and conventions, um, really about twice a year. Plane tickets are only four hundred bucks, so I would go there with about five thousand dollars in my pocket. Um, stock up on photographs for a dollar a piece make or a pound a piece and sure. uh 
you know, I'd bring them back and I'd put them on eBay. Sometimes, though, I would put them on eBay while I was over there, uh, sell them to pay for my trip to like Amsterdam or something. Uh, that was really cool. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then you did this went to on your own. What? And you did this on your own. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Your friends yeah. weren't saying, hey, Chris, you, you got all this cash. We want in on this. What do you do? No, no, my friends, they didn't. Uh, yeah, people, you see people's eyes glaze over when you start talking about certain things. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I thought Dummy it was cool. And I, yeah, right, right. They're like, yeah, whatever, you know, don't internet real estate. But, um, yeah, you know, I went to Amsterdam. I financed my trip to Amsterdam from London. I bought some uh, antique ice skates in Amsterdam at a flea market for $5 a piece, sold them for $50 a piece um, on eBay, and hung out in Amsterdam for a little while. That was very cool. I bet. So, yeah. You wow. Know. Okay. So, so then, when you started in domains, what? so first you bought your first domain, Ichabods.com. Yeah. Um, like Ichabod Crane in uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Right. Um, and that was just, I mean, I'm thinking now, you're a college kid, probably hanging out in little Sleepy Hollow inns and kind yep. of drinking beer, right? Right, right. Yeah, my first t-shirt shop was uh, in a little Sleepy Hollow um, off of a bike path in Covington. It was a terrible location, but... Um, Covington, Louisiana? Yeah, Covington, Louisiana. So I was like, you know, uh, we got to come up with a name for this business. So I was like, it's in a Sleepy Hollow and... Uh, Ichabod Crane was a teacher, and you know, I just thought it was cool. And it's like, hey, Ichabod. So um, I uh, I named it Ichabod's before I bought the domain name. So, uh, but because it wasn't really that important to me at the time, um, I was on eBay, and I didn't really, I didn't really know much about domain names. Uh, mm -hmm. But, so but I ended up buying. Your it. only selling platform. You didn't also have a website. Uh, it, was, it was what 2004. Two, two, it was earlier yeah. than that, right? Yeah, it was real early. I wouldn't. I didn't even know. I, you know, it was really difficult to design a website back then, unless you were already experienced in coding and things. I think, but uh, sure. and I eBay was great. So now I just want to catch you real quick. You said location. Um, it was a. It wasn't a good location, and that's an unusual thing to hear. It sounds like your primary location really was eBay. Is that accurate? Why did you have a brick and mortar shop in a place that wasn't a good location? Was were people coming in and out of it? Was it worth people driving to, or did you just need a place to warehouse all the clothes you had that you're selling on eBay? That's the, that's the one. I needed a place that that wasn't my apartment or something like that. So yeah, I needed a place that we could work out of. And and in the process, we opened the doors because people would see us in there and they would come on in and buy. But uh, our main sales venue was eBay. So okay. neat, yeah. really neat. Okay, so in two thousand four, you're in Vegas at a t-shirt convention. Oh, by the way, I I own BadLocation.com. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, all right, we'll have to check it out. Um, I, 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 uh, um, so do you, um, so 2004, sorry, you're in Vegas at a convention, yeah. a t-shirt convention? Yeah, yeah, it's called Magic. Uh, it's the, uh, it's the largest uh, fashion um, trade show. Uh, it's in August and February. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, so you're there, and what happened with Ichabod's? Well, I realized I needed a, we needed a website, and uh, 
so I looked online and saw that Ichabods.com was for sale. So uh, it was for, for sale from a broker. Uh, I forgot exactly how much it was. I think it was, I think it might have been somewhere around eighteen hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, but so, I bought it. So what made you realize that you needed a website instead of just depending on eBay? Everybody else had one. Okay. You know, at that time, it's that's really what it was. People were like, you know, what's your website? You know, and and um, I think I had a Hotmail address at the time, and it was still kind of, you know, it was still kind of new for me. So um, it made sense. You know, more and more people were getting into it. Okay. Well, I just want to dig a little deeper or challenge you a little because it sounds like in college, everybody else wasn't flying to uh, London and France and buying ice skates in Amsterdam. Um, so I don't think everybody else had one is, is your style. So do you feel like there was some awakening within you of, of um, you know, realizing the difference between your online location, depending on eBay and your physical location? What, what was that like having these three different concepts of what a sales location can be yeah there was that too because um when you're and it's even more more true today uh you know back then it was sort of like um you know when you have all your eggs in one basket like ebay uh you know you play by ebay's rules they'll turn you off they don't you know for whatever reason um you, and you have and then they own all the power so when you when you sell retail through only one channel and you don't have your own brand to uh, to control or market and basically curate, um, you uh, you're at the whim of everybody else that you depend on, and that's not a really good uh, that's not a safe feeling, and it's it's not one that you should have for very long. So as soon as you're able, you need to basically uh, you know fly on your own instead of uh, just like you know. Mm depending on somebody else's marketplace to make you money. Yeah, it sounds too like maybe you've been in it seven years or so by then and that you're expanding your perception of you know where your dependencies lie and how you wanted to keep expanding or grow a brand instead of just growing you know someplace on eBay that people know they can get stuff instead yeah. of your brand as someone that that consumers identify with and want to come back with, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the winds of change blow fast. So, you know, if you don't fly with them, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true enough. So, um, so you went from owning one domain, which I think is really interesting. You just bought it from a broker. You just figured because that name that you wanted was available from a broker. And so you just figured that's how it's done. That's how it's done. Yeah. Okay. If somebody's got something I want, uh, I got to pay for it. Yeah. That's Did you what... negotiate on the price, do you remember? Or you just... No, I didn't out. appreciate no. Yeah. Were you aware you could? Because you sound like you've been hustling your whole life. Yeah, yeah. It was a fair price. So I figured I'd pay it. And, you know, I, I'm surprised it wasn't more. I remember being surprised that it wasn't more because, uh, you know, if you want something bad enough, then you're usually willing to pay more than the person's asking for it, I think. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good price. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. So, um, and then over the years, um, you just had the one domain, but then you're telling me that t-shirts really, um, much like domains, again, really um, 
develop by these distinct niches within. Um, so you had all sorts of different uh, t-shirt domain names, right? Yeah, I come up, you know, so, hmm. So when you come up with a t-shirt, a lot of times, uh, okay, there's two ways I could go about this. Like one of them, a lot of times I'll, I'll think of an interesting name and then I'll design a t-shirt around that name. Mm -hmm. Or I'll come up with a t-shirt idea and then think, oh, let's come up with a cool name for marketing purposes. Okay. Uh, so like one Halloween, I came up with the name Dracula Spectacular, which is a terrible domain name for uh, investing. But, I, you know, I bought DraculaSpectacular.com for some Halloween stuff. Uh, I don't know. We might have used it and forwarded things to our website for a little while. I don't even know if I own the name anymore, but. I got, you know, I got the purpose out of it. So. so you used it, you were advertising with DraculaSpectacular.com? Yeah, something, yeah, yeah, right. I wasn't planning on building a brand around that name, but it was kind of cool to, it was memorable or yeah, hard to spell, I, I don't know. A quick, memorable marketing campaign. It had its use and then you moved on. That's, that's you know, that's, we still see corporations and small businesses doing that today. Yeah, it cost $8, so, you know, why not? Yeah. Okay, so you accumulated a, a, a bunch of T-shirt domains, but you still yeah. didn't see domains as an investment or as, do um, you just saw them as, you know, another piece of your uh, regular T-shirt business? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was basically hoarding junk. Uh, you know, I'd come up with a name, and I and I hand everything was hand registered except for Ichabods uh, for years and years. And uh, I'd come up with a name, and then I'd I'd buy it, and then I'd renew it and renew it, and then one day I'd just say, "Yeah, I don't need it anymore," and I'd, it would drop off. But I never. But you don't consider yourself a domain investor at that stage. No, no not okay. at all. You're no. just buying T-shirts and hat, or buying and selling T-shirts, and said these might be ancillary to my business. Yeah, I could use them sometime, maybe. Uh, yeah, so I was just okay. buying weird names and holding on to them, and you know. Okay, and yeah. then what changed? Uh, <laughs> I had to clean out the junk room, basically. I started, you know, I started uh, this year. I started looking at things, going, man, I, I really should try to sell some of these names that I'm not using. Um, so I started looking through my GoDaddy uh, account and seeing, trying to see, you know. If there's anything of value, I knew Ichabods was worth something uh, just because of all the, the bars and burger joints called Ichabods. Um, but uh, everything else was really junk. So, um, But I wasn't sure. So I started kind of researching how am I going to figure out the value of these domain names because I don't want to give anything away. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so I jumped down the rabbit hole of research and, um, and then I discovered uh, the domain Sherpa podcasts and uh, lucky me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how long ago was that? How long ago did you jump down the rabbit hole? So I, um, hmm. okay, so I guess I started, I listened to the, the Domain Sherpa podcast pro probably for about, I don't know, you know, don't hold me to it, but I guess it was probably about a month and a half, maybe two months, just listening to every podcast that I could. I mean, I was spending 40 hours a week listening to the podcast. Easy. Really? Um, so, hang on. You went from, like, you're cleaning out your closet, basically, yeah. to yeah. 40 weeks listening to Domain Sherpa. How? Oh. That's a change. Oh, yeah. You well, just, what happened? You just uh, thought it was amazing? 
I like money and um, I like cool things. So to make money doing a cool thing, uh, there's nothing better in the world. So so whenever I uh, stumbled upon that and you know, basically a community of guys who were talking about cool things that they were finding and flipping and making money on and, you know, just basically it's right in my alley. So, um, but I don't know what I don't know. So I wasn't about to pull the trigger on a $5,000 name or whatever else like that until I kind of knew what I was doing. Um, and it's not like I can go down the street and ask a neighbor, hey, man, how do you buy domain names? Um, I don't know anybody else that, that invested domain names personally, uh, unless they're online. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I educated myself fully. Um, a good, I mean, I'm not kidding, you know, 35 hours a week easy. Um, and listening to the podcast going back years, starting with the newest ones and going back and uh, going back in time. And, and then uh, once I figured out I, I had a kind of a decent grasp on things, I, uh, I started spending money. Okay. So I think it's really fascinating. Your first purchase is a little different from um, a typical investor's first purchase, right? And maybe yeah. you could say those years of dabbling and buying the t-shirt names, you know, were your first purchases. But um, Chris, you're a really um, like go-getter, all or nothing kind of guy. You um, didn't go and buy five domains one day. Which do? Okay, so I spent $1,500 on a bulk registered list through GoDaddy bulk uh, registration. But in order to compile that list, I started going through uh, Domain IQ, and I'd find a, a solid domain name that I knew was active and worth some money, and I would research it. I'd find out who owns it, and then you could – I have a subscription, so I would be able to see every other domain name that was attached to that person. And so then I'd, uh, you know, download the CSV file, copy, paste it into the GoDaddy bulk registration system to see what was available. And most of the time, there's a ton of names that are still, that are available for registration, but they're still attached to that owner's uh, profile. So um, I figured, you know, huh? So you're antique picking still. You're, yep. you, you, at this stage, you were doing what you knew. And looking at what it's someone who's been successful with domains, what have they thrown away? What have they let go of that's available for a new registration? So these were not expired names. They weren't, you know, your typical hand reg where you just think of an idea, but you're seeing, well, if some big shot used to own this, then it probably has some value to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to buy something hand registered because I figured, I mean, if it's, if it's available for the first time, it's probably not very uh, valuable unless it's, you know, some modern, you know, some uh, technical name like, you know, Bitcoin or something. But uh, but yeah, I figured, you know, there's a there's a there's a phrase, you know, the bottle was dusty, but the liquor was clean. So, um, you know, going through old domain names that somebody had owned uh, at one point, that person had saw value in it. And I figured that their uh, opinion was worth something, worth more than mine, because I was new and they weren't new. Okay. So I was so basically bought, picking up the breadcrumbs, you know? Yeah, I like that, breadcrumbs, yeah. So you bought $1,500 worth of domains, like you said, you know, phoenixpolicedepartment.com, houseminorityleader.com, just, yeah. but they were something that someone used to own, 
they let it go. No one else bought it. Um, and then you picked them up. And, and then what happened with that group? What did that do for you? How did that? Uh, no, well, they're just sitting on the shelf right now. Um, I, I realized pretty quickly that, that uh, most of them are probably garbage. Um, but, you know, that was my tuition. $1,500 tuition was, uh, was not bad. And, uh, you know, you better keep rolling if you're going to do it. So, you know, I'm very, I'm, you know, no regrets. I'll probably, uh, you know, dump them um, somewhere else. And uh, next guy can learn from, uh, from me. Well, but, you can uh, dump them. Well, you I mean, you'll sell I, them, or you think you'll yes, let them expire? No, I, I mean, if they don't sell within a year, I, they'll just I'll let them expire. So, I mean, I figure I can get my money back on at least, you know. Yeah, you know, I think that I I've seen over the years many investors who get excited and don't have the same perspective that you do that this is a cost of education and. You know, you can try instead of sticking to your original goal that this domain is going to, you know, make an impact on your financial situation instead recognizing it's impacting your perspective of domain investing and you're learning how to do it. And then it's really hard to let it go. But if you can't sell them, I'm going to look it up in a year and see if you can't sell them, are you going to renew them or are you going to let them go? Oh, no, no, no. You can't get sentimental about things. No, it's like, and, I, and I've learned that from the t-shirt world. I might come up with a cool t-shirt design that I think is just the boss. But if nobody's going to give me a dollar for it, then it's not boss. I don't care what my mom or my wife says, you know, but it's, it's worthless. So you, I'm not going to... Do your mom or your wife like that clown shirt sweater? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. No, they, they, they know it's valuable, so, you know. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, okay. So, so that was kind of like stage one of domain investing. Then what happened next? Then, well, I learned quickly, and I, and I, I found out about expired names, uh, expired names dot net, expired domains. Expired domains dot net. Yeah, yeah, I have saved. I never type it into the uh, URL. Yeah, so yeah, right. Expired names dot. When I, what is it again? It's ex- <laughs> this is funny on a on a domain talk show. Um, expireddomains.net yes right that's the one that is i go to that every night okay uh but once i found out about it i heard about it through i think one of the uh i don't know i think i might have heard about it from one of the uh, profitable flip interviews where somebody else was talking about it so um so i got on there and i saw that gosh i mean well over fifty thousand names are dropping a night or they're going to auction a night and uh, I just started, oh, man, I, I jumped down the rabbit hole and started researching and um, buying, you know, well, I didn't just start buying willy-nilly. I would I would buy solid names from the beginning um, after that first initial, uh, you know, drive-by while I was throwing money out the window. Uh, so how did you redefine your criteria? Um, well, the, the cool thing is on that website, you, it lists things. It lists the names sort of with a uh, estimated appraisal value, so you can kind of get an idea. Now, obviously, with anything, you don't want to trust a bot to evaluate a name, but uh, you know if it's in the ballpark, cool, go for it, um, and then use your own gut to figure out the rest and you know find the median value. And uh, you know if you can cut the, the if you 
my idea was let's say a name on let's say a name at an appraised a somewhat appraised value of five thousand dollars i'd cut it in half and say okay it's probably worth half this or maybe you know 25 percent of this this value and uh and that's how much i would put down for it um or I just trust my gut, and then sometimes I pay more than the appraised value because I knew that it was just a bot and it didn't know anything. So uh, that's good for brandables. You can't trust the bot to appraise a brandable name. So, so were you buying brandables next? Yeah, right. So yes, I was buying. Um, I was mostly buying brandables. Those are the uh, those are the cool those are the cool solid names. Yeah, because if they can appeal to one person, uh, then they'll most likely appeal to a bunch of people uh or if there's lots of trademarks out there on it on a name then you could have multiple people interested in it or they you know they'll bid on it or you just have a better chance of making making your money back i'm sure we so. have some kind of disclaimer we say about trademarks like we don't recommend uh anyone purchase trademarks or talk to a lawyer first or something oh yeah um, yes yeah. throwing that out there for our sherpa network because that can really be a painful uh, lesson um, yes. for sure. Yeah. But anyway, that's okay. Um, and and you're right though, especially when any anything is being used by multiple parties, preferably not a trademark, but you know a common saying or like you said, Ichabods, right? Because you've since right, that's what I mean. yeah. Um, yeah. And in that process, you've learned tons of other brands use Ichabods. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ichabod's Tavern, uh, you know, Ichabod's Burgers, you know, those are the kind of brandables I'm talking about. And if there's a, if there's a trademark, um, you know, if there's a lot of people who use those variants of that particular name or, uh, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that's a pretty great area that I know that we, we've had prior shows um, yeah. about that with, you know, lawyers. So we'll, we'll leave that part for them. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> but so you really liked brandable ideas, um, yeah. like uh, legcandy.com. Was that an yeah. inspired name? Yeah, yeah legcandy.com. That was one of the names that I bought um, about that a year ago. I came up with an idea. I came up with a name in my head, and I was like, oh, man, this is a cool name. It's It should be something. Uh, so I bought the domain name. Um, I bought that domain from a broker, too. Okay. Uh for a few thousand dollars, I think, and um, and then we built our legging. We have a yoga leggings line that we started. So I also have a sewing factory. So we uh, so we're basically creating sewing jobs, and um, we got into the yoga legging business. So that's uh, lucky me. So yeah. Yeah. So so you like brandables in your business, and uh, and you carry that over when you're choosing expired domains. So yeah. let's talk about our first of two profitable flips we're going to talk about today. Um, let's talk about um, ItalianWeddings.com because um, right. you bought that as an expired name. I did. Um, t tell me more about that. And so how long uh, ago was this? How long ago? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Maybe three months ago, something okay. like that. It was one of the first names I got. Um, so... All right, so since since I am used to the hustle of antique uh, purchasing and picking and whatnot, you know, I go to estate sales and things like that and uh, find things. So I I realized quickly that the uh, that the auctions, specifically GoDaddy, 
um, at the time. <laughs> you could be the winning bidder for a domain name, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it because the person who's letting that name expire can renew it after the domain after the auction's over, which is basically um, um, it was it was uh, free research. It's kind of like uh, I. I I would see that there was interest in a name, and uh, wow, I'm going to call the guy and just ask him if he'll sell it to me, and maybe he doesn't know the name's expiring. So uh, yeah, that's what I did. I called the guy, and uh, and he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want it anymore. Uh, you want to buy it? I was like, yeah, sure. So uh, so. So you're saying sometimes you'd bid on GoDaddy auctions, the expired auctions, and then you wouldn't, even if you were the winning bidder, you wouldn't get it because. Right. It just wasn't available anymore or something. And it turned out that either they had renewed it or um, or something else was going on in the what, – what, what are you saying there? Yeah, so it's called front running. Uh, and uh, basically I, I lost – I started losing so many names at auction. I would be the high bidder and then I found out, man, these names – I don't have this name anymore. I thought it was going to drop into my box, and then I found out, oh, okay, just because you win an auction doesn't mean you get the auction because somebody can renew it. So I started realizing that, um, well, it's weird because a whole lot of – there's guys who are letting their names sort of expire because they wanted to get appraisal values for their name uh, through auctions, and then they'd renew them, um, and then they put them on NameJet a week later. So I was learning and seeing – like that. Well, yeah. Okay. So, um, so you think people were doing it to test the market? I mean, because to to renew it at the last minute costs like you know it's called a redemption. It's usually about eighty dollars at GoDaddy. So that's kind right. of you know expensive for an appraisal, but it is a real market valuation, so to speak, uh, wholesale. Um, right. And then it sounds like other times maybe the people who had a domain that was expiring, someone was reaching out to them around circumventing the auction system and either getting them to renew it and then buying it, or they would say, no, I don't want to renew it, but I didn't realize this was worth money. I'm going to go list it on NameJet. Right. Okay. All right. So, um, so then you basically decided to jump in and kind of do that. You yeah. Know, I mean, so you called yeah. this, you like the Italian weddings, you called them up and said, hey, this name's expiring. I want to buy it. And he said, yeah. I don't want it? Yeah, he's like, no, I don't want it anymore. Um, I'm just going to let it drop. And um, he had owned it for, for years and years. And um, um, he didn't want it anymore. He was an he, he was a wedding singer, I think. And uh, he was a musician. And uh, he, whenever I, you know, I, I offered him cash for it. And um, he was so thrilled. I mean, I made his day. And, and to me, that was a pretty good deal. Uh, karmically, I had nothing to lose. You know, if he was like, oh, man, I didn't know it renewed. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't know it was expiring. Thanks for letting me know. I don't want to sell it. I would have I would have hooked the guy up with some information. And, you know, great. Good for him. Uh, um, you know, whatever. Um, but he said, no, man, you can you can buy it. And um, so I, I PayPal him the money and I paid I PayPal him the money first because uh, I trusted him. I clicked him up to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I looked him up on Facebook. You know, saw he's a family guy. He looked you know, just like me, and I mean, you know, I'm not gonna screw somebody over like that. And uh, I, I trusted that he wouldn't either. So I, I gave him the money, and then he, 
he gave me the name. Oh, wow, that's 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 a risk. But you know, you do have a long background in negotiating a lot of deals like that, so you probably have a great gut instinct. Um, oh yeah. So you yeah. sent him the money. He sent you the domain, and uh, and then what happened? So, I so uh, you paid how much for it? Thousand bucks. A thousand dollars even for ItalianWeddings.com. Uh, how long ago? About three months ago. Three months ago. Okay. Roughly. All right. And um, and I started doing outbound marketing, out, outbound uh, sales calls, basically. Just started reaching out to as many people as I could. I have uh, you know something on my uh, in my email called Streak that lets me track email opens to make sure people are actually getting the email. Because you, I mean, if you're reaching out to people who might be interested in buying a name, and you don't know, and they don't reply, you're not sure if they got the name, got the email or not. So. Yeah. That's a helpful thing. Can we back up a minute, Chris? You just said a four-letter word um, to for domain investors. Um, yeah. You said I call. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I call. Really? Oh. Now tell me, one time you called a lady, and what did she say to you? Oh, when one time when I got a name. Oh yeah, right. Okay, so uh, yeah, another name. I do. I I do. Uh, I call people all the time to get names. Uh, you know. Get them on the get somewhere on the phone. You're a human. You send them an email. You could be a robot. You could be some weird guy from from wherever. Uh, and most people don't answer the email. So I call on the phone. Hey, you know, I'm Chris, the t-shirt guy. Uh, you got a cool name. You want to buy it? You want to sell it? I want to buy it. And, uh, and so, I, I have a hundred percent success rate for the names I go after. A hundred percent. Now, yeah. wow, that's that's amazing. But and. You know, you're pretty new at it, I'll say that, but I want to check back in a year and hear about that. So you have a 100% success rate over the phone. I'm betting you don't have the same success rate in email. No, 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 no. no. Uh, no. I'll, uh, I'll tell you, you know, I know our, our brokerage firm as well, you know, we find phones make such, such a big difference. Oh, um, yeah. And so I just was, uh, thought it was actually pretty typical um, from my experience, what you mentioned to me earlier when we were talking that one woman, when you called, she said, I've received hundreds yeah. of emails. No one has ever called me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you, I mean, all these people who are working so hard to come up with a clever subject line, and, and kudos to them, you need a good subject line, but you could just pick up the phone. It takes less time than coming up with a good subject line. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I, uh, I, because I'm new, I just I, I'm I've actually been very very surprised at why would so many people go? Why do so many people buy things at auction when you can just call somebody on the phone, ask them ask them to sell it to you? I mean, you know, you you're losing money, you're 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 blowing money. Why? Because you're scared, you're shy. What I mean, you got nothing to lose. Uh, what you know, they're gonna say no, thank you. Oh man, that's not gonna. Move on to the next one. You should have a hit list. You know, start your day. It's better than a cup of coffee. You get rejected. Oh man, that good. Just so it makes you try harder, so you don't get rejected the next time. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, you get a big, solid, uh, awesome purchase, and you flip it. Man, I mean, that's something to wake up for early in the morning. That that'll get me going. Yeah, that's that's success. That's yeah. fun. And you know, a lot of times success is thinking differently. And just like in college, you thought very differently and found a lot of success at 17 years is, you know. Um, and now with this, you're thinking differently making these phone calls. Um, 
And it is, I think, in a lot of ways, the domain industry is very isolated. Like you said, you don't you don't know another person that you can sit and talk with, and you feel like these Sherpa things are like sitting having a beer with your friends. Oh um, yeah, you know, I feel the same way, and um, and I think that um, that connection with other domainers is fabulous. If you go to a conference or um, get on a forum or you know sit in these Sherpa rooms to hear and soak up this this knowledge and little nuggets, but I'll tell you. Call, four letter word, that is a nugget right there. Um, so anyway, so you call people, then you also email them and you use streak, is that streak.com by chance? Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Okay, um, I use a different one. Yeah, there are lots of them, but it's great to have a software um, where you can track people's email opens and mm -hmm. get an idea, you know, somebody didn't ever get this, so I better look for a different email address or somebody's opened this 49 times might be time, you know, or I sent something three months ago and uh, they're just opening it a bunch of times today. I wonder maybe all of a sudden they're needing cash or reconsidering, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So Learn a lot about so the psychology. People, so italianweddings.com, you're yeah. calling and emailing your hit list. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and what happened? So I was going after wedding planners and whatnot, trying to say, you know, hey, I've got this name. Or And I would also go to um, Estabot, not for the appraisal, but Estabot's got a, some kind of thing where it sort of generates outbound lead ideas. And, lead generator, yeah. Yeah, so I would kind of see, it would pop back, you know, somebody's got ItalianWeddings.net or .us or, you know, inferior domain names, uh, uh, extensions. And so mm -hmm. you kind of make a list that way. And, uh, you know, I would, I would just started reaching out and I'd find people on Pinterest that were wedding planners and they were kind of doing, and I sent out probably 20 different, I contacted about 20 different people and, um, hmm. not one of them reply. Um, and, um, just, they all opened their emails multiple times and they forwarded those emails because of the locations. You can see what city they opened them in and whatnot. Um, but nobody replied, um, and I wasn't going to start doing outbound calls, really. Um, I, I mean, I, if I really wanted to, I could have, and I, and I would do that today for a name that I wanted to sell. But at the time, to say I was new, I would just email those folks, and nobody got back to me. So um, I said, okay, well, I'll just keep buying, and uh, eventually I'll sell it. Um, I put it on Uniregistry uh, Marketplace so that... It would. It went to a landing page. This name is available. Make an offer, and I got contacted by a wedding planner in Rome, um, and uh, he wanted it. And he's how, like, "What's how soon after you put up a landing page?" Uh, su surprisingly quick. Um, I think it was probably two or three weeks after I bought it. Oh, you're kidding! So you bought it immediately. You researched some buyers and reached out uh, mm -hmm. just via email at this point. And, uh, and, and I did catch that on Pinterest. I, I think most domainers do not look for um, possible buyers on Pinterest, but especially yeah. for a niche like weddings, that makes sure. sense. Um, yeah. so, um, so you reached out to a bunch of buyers, got nothing, and within a couple of weeks you said, okay, I'm plan being this, and put it up on, on Uni Registry and got an inquiry. Boom. Done. Wow. Yeah, and since he was coming after me, uh, you know, it, it, then then I knew the price was solid. So 
you know, I, I held at, I held at my number and he's like, can you go down? I was like, nope. So, I mean, you want this, you came to me. So, um, there was no reason to negotiate because, uh, I figured even if he didn't like the price that, um, you know, there'd be another guy who would think that price was worth it too. So, mm-hmm. well, that's, um, that's true. Situation is different. If you're outbound selling or receiving an inbound offer, it, it makes a difference in, um, in where you stand. So you, um, you quoted him a price, you bought it for a thousand dollars even, and you quoted him. Did he reach out with an offer or he just said, Hey, are you going to sell this? Um, no, he, he's like, what's your price? I said nine. He said, um, you know, I think it's worth more like, I don't know, three or something. I was like, well, it, the price is nine if you want it. Um, and he's like, okay, nine it is. And, um, I mean, you know, I, I looked him up, I did my research. Um, it wouldn't have mattered to me anyway, but I knew that he was, uh, you know, he was legit. He was a real wedding planner in Rome and uh, nice guy. He had a successful business and, you know, nine grand to him is, is nothing. Um, but, uh, you know, I should have, uh, maybe I should have asked for more, but I was happy to get it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, sold it to him. He wired me the, actually, and he trusted me on that one. So I didn't use escrow.com. He wired me the money. And, um, and once the wire went through, it took a long time from Italy, but, um, like I think it took about 10 days to get the money. Um, and then once I got the wire transfer, I, I gave, I sent it, to, I pushed his GoDaddy account. So you practically owned this domain the same amount of time as it took you to close the sale on it. I mean, you owned it for two or three weeks mm-hmm. and you, you know, it took 10 or 12 days to, to close the sale. That's, that's unheard of. That's really amazing. Um, it sounds like you just have a good eye for picking and for, for negotiating. Um, I definitely, honestly, would not recommend to our Sherpa Network to um, not use some kind of safety measure when you know transferring domains and funds. But like I said, you just have a different skill set and background and, and sounds like a, a nice little touch of luck. Um, oh yeah, I'm Irish. <laughs> So, um, so where'd you come up with not why $9,000? You bought it for 1000. It was probably, uh, not publicly available information to the buyer. Um, but you knew he was, you know, did you look up currency exchange? Did you look up how much does a wedding planner in Italy make? Uh, I mean, definitely, you know, he's got some money it, or if he's trying Right. I mean, he's not looking up whatever the word is for weddings in Italian. So he must be selling Italian wedding products, services yeah. to he owned, um, which I assume would be uh, pricey. Yeah. You know, he owned uh, uh, weddingsitaly.com, I think, which is, you know, uh, it's yeah. not a search term. But if you type in Italian weddings in Google, that is a search term. So, um Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I I would have loved to get a hundred grand for it, but um, I just pulled it out thin air. I mean, you know, uh, nine times my money was pretty cool. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I go big or go home. So I mean, nine seemed big to me at the time. Yeah, I mean, nine x in three weeks is yeah. is fabulous. 
Um, and, uh, it's not, it's not worth a hundred thousand dollars. You're not going to sell it to anyone for a hundred thousand, you know, but for 9,000, um, it sounds like you were just pulling from your gut feeling of what this gentleman was willing to pay, you know, and engaging that as what is a fair market value. And really, if you're going to sell Italian weddings, you know, who are you going to sell it to? An Italian wedding singer, um, wedding planners, like you were saying in the U.S. with Italian theme. Um, really, who's making the most money off Italian weddings? It probably is someone in Italy marketing to foreigners. And that would have been really hard to find outbound. Yeah, but to yeah. get that inbound sounds like just a, a real stroke of timing. Yeah, it worked out really well. I was happy. And, and you know, it's, it's it was... Uh, it was good because, you know, I was buying a lot of names. Um, I was buying a lot of names because when the time to buy something is when you see it. And so I was watching all these expired auctions and I was buying them. I wasn't buying names and waiting to sell them before I bought more because uh, those opportunities will not, will not be there tomorrow. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it was nice because I got that money and then I bought some more and kept on rolling with it. Okay. So, you know, um, so GoDaddy, within the last few weeks, changed changed things so that um, it's not possible anymore. Like now, if you win an auction for an expired domain, you get the domain, period. Um, that this kind of front running isn't happening anymore because it sounds like it affected you and probably everyone in the industry a lot of ways that they, you know, you, you win it and then you didn't really win it and then, or you lose it, but you turn around and call somebody or... Um, so it sounds like that's that change is going to create a lot more um, just kind of um, stability of expectations and probably budgeting, too, because if you think you won something at auction, then oh. you don't maybe bid on the next auction that's winning in three hours be, or that's ending in three hours because you just spent your cap yeah. for the day. So I think that'll that'll really help. Um, with investor confidence in GoDaddy auctions. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, and uh, and I'm glad that GoDaddy made that change. So so we'll see now, you know, what, what the next the next uh, yeah. you know, the, the the next big step is. So okay, so you sold Italian weddings and then you bought Tigra.com. Yeah. This yeah, is your second flip. Tigra.com. So Italianweddings.com, thousand dollar purchase. $9,000 sale about three, four weeks later. Um, Tigra.com, T-I-G-R-A.com. That makes me think of like power like a tiger, right? Uh, what does that make you think of? Yeah, right. I, I mean, I thought it was the name of, I thought it was like a Spanish name for tiger, or but it, I mean, oh. it wasn't, but, um, but I thought it was a cool name. Um, and I, uh, there's a tennis shoe called... Uh, Tigra, I think. Um, I, I just thought it was a cool name. I mean, it could be used for anything. I, and I go to comic comic conventions and, you know, just kind of go down Artist Row and look at the comic artist and meet them and buy stuff from them. So I like so the name. So you can see this on a vintage T-shirt. Tigra. Oh, yeah. Like, you could feel the, the brand power. And it's a five-letter, pronounceable, spellable.com. Yeah. I thought it was soft. Yeah, and this was an expired name as well. Yeah, yeah, it was expired. It was owned by, uh, yeah, I went back to uh, archive.org, which is you could look at, uh, you know, go back, it's going back in time to look at websites uh, where they were at any time 
uh, in their existence, really, mm-hmm. if they were uh, indexed. So I, I looked at uh, tiger.com, an archive.org, and I could see that it was owned by some guy. <laughs> he was, had like some kind of fetish uh, female wrestling website. It wasn't porn, but it was just um, female wrestlers from the 70s and 80s, which is, you know, but but he had been using some other names. Sounds and, like a great T-shirt. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, I didn't reach out to that guy because I didn't, uh, I, I don't know, um, I didn't want, I don't know. But anyway, I bid on that name. Okay, I was, so you I, bid on the name and you won. Yeah, I got, yeah, okay. I paid uh, 5500 for it. Okay, so $5,500 for a five-letter, really, you know, one word, .com, maybe not really a dictionary word, but tigra.com, that $5,500 sounds awfully low. Um, yeah. So when, when was this? Uh, I mean, everything's happened within the last, uh, really, two months. Um, I think I, yeah, so I've done all my moving, really, in the last two months. I've made a lot of money in two months' time, just... Uh, just hustling, but yeah, that's uh, it was a cool name. I couldn't believe, you know, since I'm new, and there's so many people who have been doing this for so long, I was very surprised that nobody else bought it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to doubt myself because nobody else bought it. It just happens to be maybe they were buying a bigger name at the time, and their budget was tied up, and they only had so much money to spend that week. But um, no, trust your gut, buy it. What? What? I mean, what do you think you would have paid? Did you have a high bid entered in that was higher? What do you ten. think you would have been willing to pay for it? Ten. Yeah. Yeah, I would have bought it for ten. I mean, I think I had a, uh, I think I had a proxy in for ten. Okay. Uh, but uh, eh. Okay. So, so you got it for fifty five hundred, um, and then what happened? Then did you do the same thing? Make your hit list and uh, this time make some phone calls? No. What'd you do? No, I I knew somebody would come after me. Uh, so. Uh, I put it on Uniregistry for a land with a landing page and uh, and got an, an inbound in, uh, inquiry from um, I guess you could say a Tigra uh, Tigra whatever dot uh, de which is um, a German uh, tungsten carbide steel company and okay. um, so they like, had the exact same domain but it ended with dot de for Germany instead of dot com yes and they're reaching out to you you kind of know. There we they go. Want. We got another one. Okay. It's like so this. How soon did they reach out to you after you bought it? Oh wow, that was quick too. Um, I like to. I really want to say it was about a week later. So. Really? So that sounds like maybe they'd been watching it or want. Maybe they saw who is change or and they didn't know. You know, a lot of companies don't know about expired auctions or. Don't know about a who is if because if the last person owned it, they could have just done a who is search. Right. Um, I know. Huh. Interesting. So there could be some real value in in having a website that shows people this name is for sale, not just um, uh, you know, figuring they'll know to look it up on the who is. Especially a name. I mean, most. Most corporations are going to assume Tigra.com is taken, right? Uh, I mean, I get- it is taken. <laughs> Just, you know, you would assume it would have a site and a business on it because it's a great, great name. Okay, so they reached out with an offer or? Um, no, they, they asked me what my price was, and I uh, uh, and I knew that was out of my league. 
I knew it was a I knew it was a high dollar price, and I wasn't comfortable, you know, just basically saying, you know, I knew from Italian weddings is like, uh, I, I need help with this one, so um, so I reached out to a broker. Okay, so you um, I like you have a quote you really like uh, uh, Matt Damon in uh, uh, Rounders. Yeah, what's your quote? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that poker movie. If you're sitting at a table and you look around, you don't know who the sucker is. It's you. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I'm not going to give away a I'm not going to give away a name as, uh, without finding out about it. So I uh, yeah. So I, I asked for help on that one. Okay, that you know, uh, um, that takes that takes a, a little bit of experience, probably getting burned doing it the other way, and oh, yeah. uh, good for you. So what'd you sell it for? Uh, twenty-eight five. Twenty-eight thousand five hundred. Wow! So you're willing to pay ten thousand dollars for it. You bought Tigra.com for uh, five thousand five hundred dollars, and within a matter of a week. Yeah. Wow! That, I mean, that's not yeah. normal. That um, you know, but this can happen today. Um, yeah. This isn't you know uh, all the people got the good domains no. twenty years ago. This this happened in. You know, November? Uh, yeah. Uh, so that, I think that, uh, yeah, November, yeah. yeah okay. You sent me the receipts. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Mike Seiger would know of the day. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, so in November, you bought it and uh, reached out to a broker, sold it for uh, 20500 uh, Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a $23,000 profit in a week. Then Don't. Italian weddings, you had an $8,000 profit in a matter of a couple weeks. Um, yeah. But you, and and what are you doing? You're just reinvesting that? You're, um, you, you think, are you getting cocky, thinking you can buy everything? Or are you going to be the next uh, Frank Schilling or what? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I sold two more names too, you know. Uh, so I, those were, in, I sold one on GoDaddy uh, after Nick and one on, brand bucket but um you know i just i'm i bought a lot of names and i'm going to keep buying names but i'm also i also put some in bitcoin okay lucky yeah so i'm i'm happy about that um, so you really it sounds like um you're you're a serial entrepreneur in all these different businesses that you've mentioned you know on this show or or otherwise and and you're using the same skills that you have are serving you well. You're finding industries that will, um, that you can make a profit with the skills that you have. That's really neat because a lot of people think they need to go into a new industry and get new skills, which that's certainly valid and you can do that. Um, but Chris, you really, you have an extraordinary skill and, uh, and you're, you're putting it to great use. So, um, so, uh, What's next for you? What what are what have you bought lately that you think you're gonna flip? What uh, um, you know your leg candy? What what else you have that you're thinking of of developing with other other brands that you think are highly brandable? Well, we've got the we've got the yoga website, so that's uh, legcandy.com. That's in development. I have a coming soon page on that one. Um, but I'm I mean. I want to go to uh, I'm going to go to a trade show next year the the domain trade show. I mean I'm going to keep buying names. I'm going to keep doing um, 
cold calls for names. I have a hit list. Um, and, and, you know, you could still, you can still front run. You just have to download the, the directory of names that are dropping. I mean, there's, there's a, <laughs> there's a list of every name that's, that's registered in the world, I think. Uh, well, the dot coms anyway. So, I mean, this is fun. I, I like to wake up and, and hustle uh, from, you know, morning to night. And then, you know, when when my wife and daughter go to bed, I'm still online. I'll either get on um, expired names or, uh, you know, or, or GDAX and start trading Bitcoin um, or Litecoin, uh, which is good. So, but I mean... Uh, during the day, I run the T-shirt shop, the screen printing. Uh, we've got the sewing factory. Uh, I mean, life's short, and uh, if you don't make the most of it, you're wasting it. So, um, you know, we should all be so lucky to be able to do things that we want to do that get us fired up. And um, and I love to talk about things that fire me up, and maybe I inspire somebody else. I mean, at Thanksgiving, I got my brother-in-law in, into uh, – uh, well, I got him into uh, you know Bitcoin, but and he's happy and, and grateful. Uh, as of today, uh, December eleventh, he's grateful. But um, but you know, <laughs> that's a good clarification there. Yeah, yeah. right. And, uh, yeah. And, and real quick, what does your wife think of you know all of a sudden you're spending forty hours a week educating yourself about domain names? You're buying Italian weddings have nothing yeah. to do with you, you know t-shirt business. Um, what does she think of all this? Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, when I started, I did not tell uh, her what I was buying uh, because I'm. she knows that I'm good at what I do, but I didn't feel like it was necessary to tell her until um, I had a sale. Um, and um, I'm confident in myself, but I didn't want to have her uh, worrying while I was building something up because you don't go ask, you don't, for anything you do in life, if you know you're golden, you don't go out and ask other people's opinion until until you've gotten to where you want to be. And then you're like, what do you think of this? Because if you ask for too many people's opinion, then you're just you're not you're not putting enough faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, it, but my wife knows me and we, we've been together for a long time. So once I sold something, I told her and she's like, uh, well, how much have you spent? And I told her and she's like, well. Okay, well, you've made more than you've spent, so go for it. And then she's like, have you thought about Bitcoin? I was like, eh. She's like, well, you ought to also start thinking about Bitcoin. So I was like super happy, man. She's she's solid. Uh, yeah. So she's she's supportive, and she's like, as long as you keep making the money, go for it. Have fun. That's so, fantastic. That's great. And so even though you're not real interested in asking other people's opinions or sharing what you're doing at the very, you know, cusp of it, you, you were spending – you said, you know, I forget if you said 35 or 40 hours a week listening yeah. to Sherpa reviews and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, testing out expireddomains.net and Domain IQ. Um, so you're educating yourself and surrounding yourself with people who know more about it, even though you're not ready yet to, you know, but now yes. you're ready. Now you've got these two fantastic sales, a couple others. And uh, I'm really excited to see what 2018 brings um, for you, Chris. It's just you really um, are an asset to the industry um, with with your uh, enthusiasm, your research, and your your. Um, I, I just think you have an instinct that's really unique. Um, so thank you, thank you for coming on, sharing with all our our network um, about 
what you've learned. I think there are quite a few takeaways here, insights into the industry and insights into um, perspectives for, for running um, business in general. So um, I hope our Sherpa network found it valuable. Um, and uh, if, if our users want to contact you, um, is that okay? Do you want them to, to reach out to you? I mean, they certainly can comment below in our video, or do you want to share any contact info of your own or no? Or I should have um, no, that I'm, I'm, I'm always open to uh, meeting cool people and talking about stuff. I mean, they, I'm not going to give out my information because if they're solid enough, they can find it through a uh, domain IQ, right? <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Make them work for yeah. it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chris, this was really fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. And, um, and to our guests, if you've watched this show and you have questions that maybe I didn't ask Chris about, uh, please post them in the comments below this video on Domain Sherpa. Um, and I'll ask Chris to uh, come back and answer as many as he can. Um, right if you found educational benefit uh, from this show, learned something new, or simply just felt inspired by Chris, uh, please take 10 seconds to either, you know, post a comment below this video or, um, or you know, share with your network. This is about developing a Sherpa network. We, we want a community who is excited about domain investing. So, um, you know, like it on Facebook, uh, share it on Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, but uh, anyway, Chris, uh, thanks again for coming on the Domain Sherpa Show, um, sharing all the details of your two phenomenal profitable flip sales. And uh, thanks for being a Domain Sherpa for others. Thank you, Tess. Uh, it's, it's great to know you, and um, I feel like I'm in great company. So, perfect. Thank you. Here, here. All right. Well, um, thank you all for watching. We'll see you next time.